0: With me today, Catherine not novelist, co-owner of Good Books in Wellington, and coming in from Hawke's Bay. Kia ora, Catherine. Kia ora, Walla. And Phil Taylor, who's a senior partner at Tompkins Wake Law Firm. Phil, welcome to the panel. Kia ora. First, we're going to to Eden, where civil defence have just held a meeting following heavy rainfall and flooding. State Highway 1 from Dunedin to Palmerston has been closed all day and the City Council has been busy responding to about 120 reports of slips, trees down, localised flooding. With us is Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins. Kia ora, Aaron. Kia ora, Wallace. What was the outcome of today's civil defence update?
1: Uh, this has obviously been a significant weather event, but it's pleasing to see our infrastructure held up well, as you say, uh, we've had around 120 call-outs for slips and localised uh, flooding. Um, up to 140 mils of rain has fallen since yesterday. It's still raining here, no. uh, but we're, we're confident that we're uh, through, the, through the worst of that uh, and we're not anticipating any major issues overnight.
0: No, yeah, I'm um, the, the, living all my years in Dunedin now and I've never seen the leaf to the level mm. of where it was uh, yesterday. Quite extraordinary. What about you?
1: Yeah, it was it was quite extraordinary to see. Um, we were quite nervous about it breaching its its banks. There's been significant investment uh, in in the water of Leith that the regional council have put in to to protect it from flooding, and it was worth every cent uh, last night. But we yeah, we evacuated uh, some of the students in that area as a precaution. It's easier to do it at dinner time than it is in the small hours of the morning, but uh, they were all able to safely return home this morning.
0: All right, Aaron, into the evening, what uh, are you expecting to have happen uh, into the evening and overnight?
1: Uh, like I say, we're not anticipating any, no. any major issues. We're still keeping a watching brief on, on some of the on the Waikawaiti. There's, um, there's significant uh, flooding out in, out in Karatani and as you say, the state highway is closed to the north of us. Uh, but, but mainly, just asking people to to drive carefully if, if they if they need to. There are a number of roads that have been closed, so please check the council website and the Kotahi website before people head out and uh, just uh, just be careful out there. It's, it's still not ideal driving conditions.
0: Kia ora, Aaron. It's uh, Aaron Hawkins, Dunedin Mayor. There, uh, some great respect re- responses coming through about the music venue that meant most or something to you. We we'll talk about that later. Straight Jacket Fits. At Sammy's, uh, says uh, Greg. Uh, to this, though, it caught my eye. You might notice in your town or your city there are attempts to beautify the centre with street art. Christchurch, and Dunedin, in particular, they've taken to it. Aerist Artifacts, aka Jesse Jensen, has had quite the career as a street artist in Auckland, a mural for the likes of Auckland Council and Doc. But he says the taggers, well, they're ruining it. And it has been. He's been battling the taggers who just keep spraying their paint all over his wonderful work. Eris, Kiora, welcome to the panel.
2: Good afternoon, Wallace.
0: Good to have you on. Look, taggers do what they do. You do what you do. Painting or putting your mark on buildings, it's all street art, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's survival of the fittest.
0: (laughs) Well, isn't it?
2: Well, it is. Yeah, it's, it's different forms of um, street art or graffiti. Um, what the terminology doesn't really matter. I at the end of the day, it's all it's all colour being put on our street. Yeah.
0: So, what's the issue?
2: Um, the issue is that at the end of the day, we've got a situation where you've got people who are getting permission, like me, to do legal murals, being pitted against other people. Who don't have permission and want to have a space to be able to paint, and they're they're lashing out at people like me, well, uh, I or don't, I don't know if it, if it's the predominant. Like, not all artists are getting this, but I certainly am this year.
0: Okay, all right, all right, Eris. We have a panel we haven't heard from then uh, yet, Catherine.
3: Um, the the difficulty is though, as a tagger, you don't want to behave by the rules, do you? That's the whole point of it, is to put your tags somewhere noticeable and sort of crazy. Um, So, I mean, because I was reading what you were saying about, um, you know, opening up more spaces, which I actually think is a brilliant idea because I I love street art and I'd like to see more of it everywhere. Will you ever stop? How would you be able to stop the the taggers if they're not going after you or going after somebody else? What do you think the solution is?
2: I used to be that guy who would climb up on the craziest building spots, the motorway overpasses, painting trucks anywhere where it would stay up was very hard to remove. It's a strategic move so that your paint, um, you get the most bang for your buck. If it's hard for you to remove my graffiti and it stays up longer, I get more, yeah, it's a better value for money for my for my time and my paint. Um, the current council paradigm is zero tolerance for graffiti. They remove everything. If I went out and painted the most beautiful mural you have ever seen illegally, it would still be completely destroyed by the council's eradication thing. So what I'm advocating for is a more higher IQ approach, where they view the, people, the tagger or the, or the graffiti artist as a human and try to understand them instead of trying to just delete them from history Uh, actually creating space for these people to exist so that this culture can thrive and not just be another footnote in history of something that was wiped out.
0: All right, Eros, let's bring Phil in. Phil.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this. I mean, I'm really supportive of the idea of um, space being putting aside for artistic expression. Um, And I see that it was... The article said it was um, tried and... um, uh, it didn't work because the areas surrounding uh, were also tagged, but is that just because there wasn't enough space? Uh, do they just need to keep making more space? So they've um,
0: tried beautification before, they've tried dedicated mm. areas there, Eris. Uh, hasn't worked, they just tag everywhere.
2: Mm. It's a really complicated issue and there's, it's, it's very hard to, to summarise it in a few seconds on air. But That location, Corbin Art Estate, it's still going. People paint there all the time. You can go down there, you can see street art, graffiti on rotation. The murals are changing every single week. People are able to spend time and do good pieces there. You look at the wall across the road where it's illegal, where it's getting painted over all the time, and it's complete garbage. It's just tagging. So there is is a difference between giving people space to create something good and not giving them any space at all. Sure, it it does overflow, I'm not going to deny that. It overflows, but it it doesn't take away the fact that giving people a space to do something creative means that paint isn't being put up illegally somewhere else.
0: All the best, Eris, and thanks for outlining the issue with us uh, here on the panel. Thank you. That's uh, quite well-known street artist in Tamaki Makoto, Eris uh, Artifacts, Jesse there. Uh, and a big response regarding uh, the music venue that meant something to you, Uh the Cowboys at the Carlton the Carlton was a very well known one wasn't it? Uh, also the Hilly, anyone remember the Hilly? That's the Hillcrest I think, That's was that Hamilton there? And uh, regarding smoking, I quit smoking three years ago this month. My partner and I found out that we were unexpectedly expecting uh, and I'm very, I'm very proud of myself even today as for venues, the Kang's Arms the KA was the best ever. I've been thinking, Catherine Robertson and take it away.
3: Right, deep breath. I've been thinking about this for a, probably about 10 years and I've done nothing, so now I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had an older brother who very sadly uh, took his life at the beginning of 1973. Now, he had two children. They were my only first cousins because my mum was an only child uh, and I may have met them at the funeral. I would have been six or seven years old. Uh, I have no recollection whatsoever, and I've completely lost touch with if we were ever in touch. My family was a bit strange, and nobody talked about anything, so I can't even remember what their first names were. So I would like to put a call out to anybody who may be or may know um, of the son and daughter of Alexander Morton Douglas, most commonly known as Morton. Uh, who died in 1973 and was born in Dunedin probably about 1928. And he is the older brother of my father, Ian George Douglas, who died in 2015. Um, I was not going to put my uh, email online, but I think if they can possibly get in touch with RNZ, um, you will forward uh, the emails to me. And I really would, this late in the day, many decades later, I'd like to see if I can track down my only first cousins.
0: Oh, getting getting in touch so that again mm. the children of Alexander Morton Douglas, born yeah. in Dunedin uh, around uh, nineteen twenty eight. Very good. All right, uh, Phil Taylor. I've been thinking.
4: Yeah, and thanks for sharing that, um, that very personal message, um, Catherine. Oh. I think that's thanks, a real um, you know suicide um, issue is is a massive one and. Uh, I uh, really appreciate the, the the share there, but uh, I'm thinking um, recently about education and just how important it is for the future of our communities and, and our country, and and how everything that you know I'm looking around at at the moment and feeling a bit of despair and feeling like you just want to keep pushing the the, the stone faster on the, the well-being, the the health stats, the crime stats, and and looking at education and the, the, the future of our people um, and just wanting that to be as best as it possibly can be. And I, I did a bit of research and, and looked at a quote from Abraham Lincoln, which um, his quote is, I can only say that I view education as the most important subject which we as a people may be engaged in. So, so yeah, I'm really supportive of the education sector, first and foremost at the moment.
0: How was your? Tell us about your education. Where did you go to school?
4: Well, I was, I was privileged. I was. I went to school in Wellington, um, Corey West Normal School, and uh, Wellington College. And then, um, you know, I feel for Otago uh, Dunedin today with the floods. I mean, you know, I remember um, uh, days down there at university, but with snow falling on the ground. Now we've got floods. Um, we well, can talk about that. Uh, I imagine at some point. But there's climate change is actually happening. Um, but I was very privileged. Um, but I, I, I really uh, think that there's um, – th- that's the key to everyone's future is having a really good education.
0: What about you, Catherine? Where did you go to school, and did you have a good time? What was your education well, funny experience? funnily
3: enough, I had a year at Karori Normal, and then I went to Wellington Girls, so semi-snap on that one. Um, I did not just want that with Karori West. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was interesting because I think, you know, I was one of those students that was forever in the middle I was smart enough, but I wasn't super smart. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't particularly talented at anything. And so I just slid through education. And I think it would have been nice. I do remember the teachers that noticed me, you know, yeah. and I still remember them and thank them to this day for noticing me because oh. I was one of the children that just never really did get noticed. Oh, um, that's, that's a lovely thing to so say. I, well, and then I agree with Phil is that, like, you know, when we're talking about good education, it, it is about looking at everybody and their strengths and their weaknesses, looking at them as not just like a big cog in a machine, but tailoring education to them. And that's something we don't, we still don't do as well as we could. Very good. A question of the day, the music
0: venue, which meant something to you. Text me 2101. Here we go. Blue Knives at the Glue Pot,
2: Rick Bryant and the Giant Bombers. (laughs)